Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, People Day Fensome here. It's Pop Collaborate and Listen Time. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that got in touch last week about our Def Leppard episode. Uh, it was a really popular episode. People seem to be really digging it. So big up again to our friend Darren Hone, who was a guest on that episode. Still loving his Def Leppard to this day. Uh, rocking the spandex. Uh, peace out to my boy Darren. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you for everyone that's been involved in the, uh, the conversation on the Twitter. We got pulled up for not knowing about Vanessa Williams' extended career. Um, So, yes, shout out to the people that called us up on that. Uh, Apologies. We'll try and know more about Vanessa Williams in the future. Same goes for Brenda Russell and Tasman Archer. There you go. Um, But, yeah, I'm just naming one-hit wonders, basically. That's what I'm doing. Right, so what's going on this week? Uh, We're going to be talking about Annie Lennox's album, Diva. Uh, yeah, neither of us have got a great expectation coming into this one. We'll talk about it in the episode, uh, but I think we'll enjoy it. Uh, what have I been doing? Uh, I, I always tell you, and you never fucking ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, what have I been doing? Uh, I've been preparing for loads of gigs. I've got two gigs uh, this week out in rural Sussex. If you're near to Eastbourne, the Cookmere Valley area, I've got a great gig on Saturday night. It's called Cookmere Comedy Club. It's taking place in Alfriston at the Village Hall. Got Mark Simmons, one of the best one-liner uh, comedians in the country right now headlining got uh, Joe Foster his local legend got Julie Jepson wonderful Julie Jepson I'm emceeing it uh, it's uh, still tickets left it's £10 in advance find us on We Got Tickets or hit me up on DM on Twitter and I'll point you in the right direction uh, if you are out the other way in uh, in West Sussex I have got a gig in Slindon, little village of Slindon uh, near Arundel. Uh, that's uh, £10 a ticket again. Uh, I've got David James, the wonderful David James uh, headlining. I've got uh, Nick Ellery, Australian legend Nick Ellery opening and wonderful Graham Collard in the middle. Uh, again, I'm emceeing that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think, again, there's going to be some tickets on the door for that one. If you do want to get it, uh, give me a shout. I'll point you online. Or if you live in Slindon, you can go to and I know that is unlikely by the way you can go to the forge where they're being sold physically there um, apart from that what else has been going on just just been busy man I've got a, I'm going through this to-do list I've got about a hundred different items on it I'm looking for new venues confirming stuff for Brighton Fringe confirming stuff for Edinburgh Vinge absolutely praying that coronavirus doesn't work wipe all this stuff out because it will bankrupt me literally I am I've never been so scared of the cold. Do you know what I mean? Literally, if this thing goes mental, it's going to wipe out my business and I'm going to have to go and get a job again, and I don't want to do that. Anyway, um, with no further ado, uh, let's crack on with this episode. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, As always, get in contact. Guys, I I haven't mentioned this for a while, but please, if you're a new listener to this podcast, please go onto iTunes and leave us a review. Or please go onto our Facebook page and leave us a review. Follow us on social media. Retweet our tweets. We're just trying to grow organically. We've got no money behind this uh, at all at the moment. At the moment, we're not making any money from it at all because we're resisting the urge to put adverts in that may change in the future Uh, the more we can spread and the more uh, we can get out there the better and more fun this is for us to do so please if you enjoy this podcast let other people know about it and massive thanks to all of you that already do that on a weekly basis really really appreciate it we love you guys anyway uh as i say i said with no further ado before that was quite a bit of a do whatever a do is um but there is 
an absolute end to the ado now. Uh, Agadu. Bye. Yes, yes, people, Dave Fensum here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen here, as always, with my dog, Waffles, and my main man, Mr. Krista G. Hello, everybody. How the fuck are you, my friend? I'm all right. It's fucking disgusting weather out there, so I've just driven through torrential rain to get here yeah. uh, to to discuss a wonderful Annie Lennox album with yourself, but uh, apart from that, totally fine. Amazing stuff, yeah. I mean, as you've seen, my back garden, combination of this weather and having two dogs looks like a war zone. Pile of shit, mate. Honestly, mate, the first casualty of war is my garden. It's your, your back lawn. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't take much care of it. I'm, I'm going to say, not... I think it looked like that before you moved in, didn't it? I mean, I imagine it did before I moved in. It's not my fault. That's true. Can't, can't be held accountable for that. Right. So, man, it's been a good week, I'd say. You would like, I mean, we were hanging out in uh, Newcastle oh, this true, time yeah, last yeah. week. Oh, true, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. Yes, uh, we were in, in Newcastle. You were gigging up in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle. I uh, flew up, yep. uh, joined you to hang out in Newcastle to watch that, and then hung out with some mates up there. Yeah, we had a good time with our friends. Absolutely. Very, very nice place. Really? So that's the first time I've probably been to Newcastle for like, going out properly. Yeah, you guys got a lot more drunk than I did. Oh, sure. Well, you had to get up and travel the next day. We didn't. Yeah, it's a shame. I wanted to get as drunk as you guys. We played Scattergree, so that was fun. Scattergree was good fun. Listen to us two middle-aged men. <laughs> okay. Oh, Newcastle was great, yeah. Oh, we, we didn't get that drunk, and then we played Scattergree. To, to be fair, our friends are in their fucking 20s, so fuck, that's, true, that's actually. their fault. Yeah, it really. is indeed. Right, so, uh, what else has happened? Oh, Christ, P- a public enemy has thrown out Flavor Flav. They have. It's about time, really, isn't it? Oh, yes. I mean, let's face it, the fact that they were touring without him under the public enemy yeah. radio banner was, I guess, an indication of the, the amount of shit they were willing to put up with to have him in. It's like, oh, fuck it, should we just do something else? I mean, I, I mean I've mean, i seen people online taking Flavor Flav's side here. How do you take Flavor Flav's side Absolutely. in this situation? Ridiculous. Like, do you know I mean, like, Chuck D is, he does, I mean, it's, it's much like the situation with his podcast, basically. You do everything. You are the Chuck D of <laughs> oh, this oh, podcast. Okay, right, yeah, I'll take and this. I, I show up and swear. <laughs> yeah, okay, Hung you're up, Flavor Dave. Yeah, yeah, Flavor Dave. <laughs> Hung over, normally on some kind of narcotics. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Someone's just shat in my hot tub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fr- frighteningly accurate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's normally a dog. Yeah, but sure. One of the first things I saw about it, but apart from um, the kind of discussion about should Public Enemy be endorsing anything, and then people going, Flavor Flav, oh, he's got a right to his views as well. He shouldn't he shouldn't be roped into whatever Chuck D wants under the banner public enemy. He's like, mate, he has no say in anything public enemy no. at all. And first of all Zero. First of all, it wasn't public enemy. It was public enemy radio, was, which yeah. is the offshoot without Flavor Flav. And Griff, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That would be like the the, the head of a multinational corporation having to take orders from the man who works on the door. Totally. It really would. It's mm. you know, like Chuck wrote all of the public enemy stuff. He is public enemy. Flavor Flav is Is a, a clone. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll miss him live. Yeah, oh, yeah, that is one of the things we have seen Public Enemy Radio, and it's great fun. It's not the same as Public Enemy. Yeah. That's fine. But, but you know, but 
if you're going out and suing Chuck D on multiple occasions, how do you expect to stay in that? It's fucking ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. Going, going, going. <laughs> Quite. See you, Flav. Anyway, right, look, so this album is Annie Lennox's Diva. This is her first solo record? Absolutely. It's her first solo album after the Eurythmic split up. And yeah. they didn't, they never officially released a statement saying they split up, but it was kind of a well known thing that they yeah. had. In about 1990, they stopped doing anything yeah. uh, as, as a as a Eurythmics. Uh, she had done a quote-unquote solo single in 1988, but it was solo, but with Al Green. It was accredited Annie Lennox with Al Green. Oh, was it for a soundtrack? It, it was, was from a Scrooge soundtrack. Yes, indeed. Put, yes. A, lo- put a Little Love, love in, in Your, your heart. heart. That's a great song as well. Indeed, so that was her first solo outing. That was, or that was rather her first kind of excursion away from Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. And it was considered a solo thing, but it's, it's still almost a duet. But this is her first solo album. And obviously there was a big uh, weight of expectation mm-hmm. because people loved Eurythmics. And so for her to be doing something, people were very much hoping that this was going to be fantastic. And this was yeah. a big deal. Well, you know, I mean, I, I love the Eurythmics. Mm, well, indeed, we talked yeah. about them in our last season. Annie Lennox, utterly iconic uh, in the Eurythmics. Amazing, amazing voice. Oh, she's an incredible voice. Uh, insanely good voice. Yeah. Insanely good voice. But obviously, what remains to be seen is how much of the Eurythmics was her input from a creative point of view, sure. rather than just being the voice of... And yeah, it was Dave Stewart doing everything behind the scenes. Yeah. And she just walked in and And obviously, the Eurythmics is quite a distinct sound, kind of very kind of... I mean... Uh, for the, for the most part, right. kind of quite dark, dystopian, synth-poppy. That's what they got known for, for sure. Yeah. They, they did obviously have different sides to them. but Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, obviously latter-day, you had like, Must Be an Angel. Indeed. Some, some, some of the lighter stuff. But it was always, you know, it always had a bit of an edge to it, I would say. Yes, I agree. I agree. And she, as an icon and as an image, was very strong. She was, you know, obviously the visual element of Eurythmics. Yeah. And she was very much... Uh, you know, she she cared a lot about the image, and there are lots of kind of different versions of what her look was at different times. Yep. Which you can go, that's Eurythmics. Yep. You know, if you if you saw if you saw that look on somebody else, you go, that's Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. So she's a, uh, this absolute style icon as well. Absolutely. And it turns, and like you say, you know, um, how much creative input musically did she have? I'm not sure. But in doing a bit of reading around this, it turns out that she studied for three years at the Royal Academy of Music, studying flute. Piano and harpsichord. Well, for three what, years. What so, a combo! I know <laughs> everyone's favourite three out uh, instruments. Absolutely, those are the three I'd go for. And, uh, so, uh, so she definitely has a musical band. She's obviously very talented. Yep. And if we look at this album, all but two of the songs on here are credited to, to her entirely. Yes, she is the sole songwriter, apart from a couple which are Annie and and somebody else, and, one other person and other yeah. exactly yeah but uh, you know eight out of the ten songs on here are strictly Annie Lennox songs okay fantastic so let's uh, as we do we'll start with the album cover sure what we've got is uh, a picture of Annie in some kind of fine cabaret attire yeah indeed she's got the kind of a red feather headdress sort of a thing going on very uh, over the top yeah uh, you know ridiculously big and Almost, what do you call the um, the French Les Folies Bergères sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, we're all like the kind of the New Orleans kind of... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but so, yeah, it's her face, very close up, just her face and the headdress. 
and then just Annie Lennox diva at the top. Yeah, it's lurid. It's a little bit draggy, really. I say so. Yes, yeah, definitely, um, definitely along those lines. Yeah, it's quite. I mean, it's it's very different from any of the Eurythmics sure. imagery. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's still. A statement image, I would say. Yeah. I don't love it as an album cover. No, and I don't remember it at all. And although I do remember this album being out, I remember the whole thing in 1992. Oh, Annie Lennox has come back with a solo album. I'll admit, at the time, didn't give a shit uh, because I had liked Eurythmics, but in my head, Eurythmics were pop. And Annie Lennox coming back, I remember hearing some of the singles and going, oh, well, this is too mature or whatever, that she's trying to go Mm -hmm. a different direction. So... I was aware of the album coming out, but I don't remember that album cover being around. I see. I remember that album cover really well. Uh, oh, again, yeah, yeah. That was for me. That was another one of those always in the Britannia Music Club uh, uh, sure. albums. Oh, that's a there's a classic Britannia yeah, Music yeah. Club album. And my next door neighbour's mum loved this record, so it was always on the CD player oh, yeah? around there. So I kind of was. I I kind of knew this album residually, and as much as you know an album that's on in the background a lot. Okay. I would have never actively listened to this record, and I remember actively disliking a lot of things about this yeah. record at the time. Even uh, though, it was similar to me, even though you had been a fan of Eurythmics, yeah. that didn't follow through into... No, again, this seemed like boring pop to me. Oh, and, you know, look, this is for your mums and dads. Without a shadow yeah, of a doubt, that's exactly yeah. who and this And therefore, I, I didn't want to like it because... What they were listening to wasn't what I was into, yeah. and I couldn't possibly be seen to enjoy that. No. One of those. Because you mean, you're that edgy. Oh, fuck it. I was so cool. I've seen the photos. So cool. Oh, man. So mm. Still are, man. Thanks. Dripping in it. <laughs> I had to put a towel down. Cold as ice, motherfucker. Yeah. A to the G. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah, in terms of when this was out, we're looking at the uh, week of the 12th to the 18th of April. I guess it's another one weeker. One weeker, exactly. So, we've just had uh, Def Leppard. For one week. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. People seem to be enjoying our episode. Yeah, thank you for getting in touch if you enjoyed the Def Leppard episode. A lot of good stuff on that. And then this was straight afterwards for one week only. And I can only imagine, you know, we'll see in the upcoming episodes, I'm going to bet this stays in the top 10 for a long time because it was a big album. I mean, I seem to remember this being everywhere. I think this sold very well. And it spawned a lot of singles, as I recall. Five singles off a 10-track album. Too many singles. Yeah, Uh, five singles. uh, Going from kind of the March before release through to February of 93. So uh, that's your your big longevity album marketing plan. But yeah, there, there, there are a lot of singles forced out of this album, I'd say. Yeah, but she won big at the Brit Awards this year as well, I in, think. Well, she, in 93, she won big. Um, she won uh, Best British Album for this and Best best British Female Artist, which she has won a record six times. Well, there you go. For Best British Female Artist. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I've got a distinct memory of always seeing this album in CD shops with that kind of circular sticker in the top left corner with the Brit Awards logo oh, on Of course, it. right. So, I mean, I, I, I do distinctly remember that as well. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, I it mean... It did so well. It sold over uh, 1.2 million copies in the UK and over 2 million in the States. So, we're not looking at the, you know, immaculate collection levels of sales right. that we have seen, but that's still, you know, it's four times platinum in the UK, yep. two, two times platinum in the US. It's still big. And... It did, for her to come back with this album and it be a success and it spawned five singles and this mm-hmm. sort of shit, this was a big deal for her. It definitely cemented her in a way that it could have gone very differently. Yeah. Uh, if this had been a flop, 
I think we wouldn't have heard from Annie Lennox again, and she wouldn't be the kind of the style icon she is now. But this is yeah, this is very much okay. Annie Lennox is a national treasure, and we all yes. need to. It feels like there was almost a concerted effort around the industry to sanctify mm-hmm. her, set her in stone as this kind of you know like our equivalent this- to, I don't know. Two on Madonna, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Right. Uh, well, yeah, may, may, maybe that's uh, the case. Mm. Anyway, so in terms of... That, that's kind of some of the cultural impact, some of the sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should we dig into the songs? We might as well, right. All right so, so. The first one's called Why? It is, and this was the first single, mm. and it was released uh, in the March of 92, so before the album release. We've seen it in the top 10 charts a couple of times. Uh, but yeah. And it got to number five. Uh, in the singles charts. So, you know, I mean, I remember this pretty well. Uh, Yeah, me too. So kind of a big, floaty, plinky This has never gone away. This is, you know, it's always played on Radio 2 or whatever Heart FM you listen to in a taxi, that sort of stuff. It's it's in the ether forever. So, I mean, I I guess people, for the most part, have got some reference point to this song. Mm -hmm. So, the good, Mm -hmm. she's got a lovely voice. Yeah. And really that, you know, the, the, even at points of criticism throughout this record, it never that that fact never goes away. No, you can't deny it. I remember there was, I was reading some articles around this, prepping for this podcast, and there are you know quite a few people who would, are trying to say she should be in the pantheon of singers like Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston. You know, massively huge yep. female voices, soul voice, a real big soul voice. Yeah. And you know, she's not she's not talked about in the same uh, odd tones as those people, but she maybe should be one of those ones. Yeah. She's a gorgeous voice. Absolutely. And you know, this song, it you know, lyrically it's a kind of a it's a nicely worded end of relationships type of yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 well written. Yeah. It builds quite nicely and the towards the end there's like this real intent in the vocal that builds and the end of it vocally mm-hmm. is quite powerful. Okay. And that to me are the good things about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I've got a note that towards the end there's a real genuine emotion yeah. in the voice. And that's uh, kind of catches something. But the bad to me is this kind of the sound that it's gone for here, these kind of the big kind of keyboard held chords. Yeah. It's just really anodyne. I, th- I find this dull. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah. I, I put the, the, the whole thing musically, it's just one note. And for, you know, almost a contrast between how passion, you know, how much passion there is in that final vocal, it, it really is held against how passionless the music is. It's so sterile mm. sounding. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't excite me. It doesn't make me feel sad in a way that I suspect it, it wants me to. No. Because the lyrics are about, about the end of the relationship and it's about how... But what I get from it is that she, the protagonist, wasn't the one who wanted to end this uh, relationship. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like she was dumped. She maybe wanted to give it another go or work on stuff, but it, you know, the, the other guy wasn't interested in doing well, that. Well, there was a, certainly an, there was an awareness of it dying and her th- thing of like, this is dying, we can save it. And he, yeah, exactly. I think she yeah. wanted to save it and the other guy was like, nah, this is done, I'm, I'm out of here, whatever. And she feels aggrieved and upset. Yeah, more so, than maybe he does. Yeah, so the so the the question why is you know why didn't we save this? Sure, essentially? exactly. And so it is. It's very downbeat. It's maudlin, um, and and this sad uh, emotion coming through. But it doesn't make me feel sad. It makes me feel bored. Yeah, listening to that's it. that's how exactly how we were on exactly the same right, page. Okay. This, yeah, did not care for this. No, ne- I have never cared for this. No, and maybe it is. Maybe this is what turned me off listening to any more of the album because this is the first single. Mm-hmm. 
having come back after X amount of years, uh, no Eurythmics, and this is the first thing you hear, I suspect I was like, oh, well, this is the the polar opposite of what I wanted. Yeah. And so I'm not going to investigate any further. Mm-hmm. In, well, any more than, you know, just listening to Radio 1 and stuff may have gone there. But she, I think, obviously deliberately gone down this more AOR track. Mm-hmm. She, basically, I think she's flipped from Radio 1 Eurythmics to Radio 2 Annie Lennox yeah. is what's happened. And obviously it's a decision made for this is stage of life she's at, this is the music she wants to make, and this is the audience who is now with her, who've grown up through the 80s with her into what yeah. she is now. But I think you can make better grown-up pop music than this, and this is too yeah, dirty. I, I, I agree absolutely and completely. Um, out, out of interest, if you're listening from outside the UK, as we know quite a few people are, Radio 1 nice. is the UK uh, kind of youth station that plays kind of the current hits of the day. Obviously, throughout the 80s, the Eurythmics would have been played on that. But then we, Radio 2 is aimed at a kind of, you know, kind of 30 to 60 age. Yeah, group. exactly. It's your mums and dads. Yeah, uh, and the, so the grown-ups. F- so, for example, you know, if I listen to Radio Two now, like yesterday, I put it on and they're playing Run DMC. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's Radio like, Two uh... these days is what I listen to. Yeah, Ra- in the nineties, Ra- Ra- Radio Two is the thing you put on and you go, oh, for fuck's sake, they're playing songs that I like. I'm so <laughs> yeah, old, exactly. And that, and conversely, I put on Radio One. And I go, I don't know or like any of this. Uh. That's, I, I know I'm old. Accidental fartridge. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the um, the comparison I make on this, right, and the, re- the comparison in terms of why it's not what I think it should be is because I don't think growing up and being becoming a more mature artist and doing something different is a bad thing. Neither do I. And I say this because we both uh, listened to and enjoyed the George Michael one. Yes. You know, when he went from Wham!, and then from Faith into Listen Without Prejudice, which mm-hmm. is the album that we were talked about in season one, we both went, this is some really good stuff. This is how you do a grown-up album. Yeah. Because the songs were good. And, you know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm on record. I, I love latter-day Iggy Pop stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like uh, the stuff that like Robert Plant has gone on to do. Okay, like, sure, yeah. More blues-focused yeah. stuff. And, you know, there's plenty of people from, you know, pop backgrounds that have gone on to have... To do interest in music, you know, Kylie, for example. Sure, yeah. You know, not, yeah. I'm not the biggest Kylie but, fan. No, but, that's a, fair enough. But, but yeah. this this is, it's almost trying too hard to be grown up. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. It does sound like she's gone. It, it's like her going, hey, guys, guess how fucking grown up I am. Listen yeah. to this. Yeah. Aren't but, I a mature artist? But it's, not, it's just got no edge to it at all. Nah. No real tune to it. That's my main issue. There's no real tune. You could have done this with a better tune. You could mm-hmm. have done the lyrical content with a better tune, a bit more balls to it, and I'd have been fine with it. Yeah. But it's not, and therefore, I. Th- th- to me, this is a pass. I, would, I wouldn't go back yeah, to Yeah, me too. Um, and there's a bit at the very, very end where she does those kind of whispered, you don't know how I feel. Mm-hmm. You, and I was like, that's wanky as fuck, mate. Don't do this. Mm. And I, I know you're trying to get across this pained emotion. Now that just sounds like a bit of a dick. <laughs> that just sounds like a bit of a dick. Yeah, you're, you're just being a dick right <laughs> you're now. Being a, you're being a dick, Annie Lennox. <laughs> Annie Lennox. Stop being a dick, Annie Lennox. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look. Now, now we've called Annie Lennox a dick. Let's listen to the second track. Okay. <laughs> right. Track two. Uh, Walking on Broken Glass. And this is another single. Yeah, yeah. And I very much remember this. This one got to oh, number absolutely. eight. This was the third single, got to number eight. Now, straight away to me, that's a much better hook. Much better. Yeah. yeah. Poppy, catchy. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, it's like, you know, you hear it once, it's like in your head. I know that's going to happen. This, this will be in my head for a week. Sure. At least. Yep. That's another cracking vocal on it. Really good vocal, definitely. It's got to number one in Canada. Did it? Yeah, there you know. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Number one, hey. So, I mean, again, for me, the production on this is too smooth. Oh, okay, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is, but as a pop song, mm-hmm. it's good enough that I'll let it off the hook. Right, okay. It, it's, it, it, you know, if I'm being in-depth and critical and I'm going, ah, oh, this sounds too, the edges have been filed off of it. I see, right. They've taken the edges off this too much. I would have liked to have heard it too a little plastic bit. Yeah, I'd have liked to have heard, heard it a little bit more kind of, a little bit more kind of grunt in the track. I, little, I get what you're saying. A little more analogue, basically. Okay, I get, get, get that. Because, yeah, the, the, the string stabs, the piano, it is very standard yeah. pop fare, polished pop fare. But, but at the same time, it is not enough to take away from the fact that I think this is actually a very good pop song. Yes, I agree. I think this is very catchy. Again, at the time, I would have put it as too cheesy and uh, been against it. Now, I think it's very catchy, but I suspect I, I would get tired of it. Yeah, I'm not... It's not going to be a heavy rotation it's, it's, song. Yeah, but, too much. But if, if this... Yeah, if this came... If this came... Uh, you know, I'd be sitting here going, oh, I've got, you know, my, my best song, pop songs. Mm-hmm. Does this, should this be on there? Like it, right, okay. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. You know it's, it's a big list of songs. Um, I th- one of the things I really like about Annie Lennox when she's at her best here mm-hmm. is... Uh, it's quite prevalent in this song, is there are some really lovely vocal gymnastics in here. She does some sure. really, really kind of... Oh, think just does things effortlessly that other people cannot do. Right? Okay, yeah. And I, you know, whereas I'm not a massive kind of vocal diva, diva. fan in general. Uh-huh. Right? You know, like the kind of the, the the kind of the really histrionic stuff that Mariah Carey and these people with these massive Christine ranges, like, kind of up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, I, it, it leaves me a little bit cold. But this, it, it, she does this stuff in service of the song, and it never seems overly showy. Okay. Yeah. No. It's not to show off her talent. It's yeah. Not, oh, I can. I will. Or rather, I can. So I will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and I really like that about this. So this one, mm-hmm. in contrast to the last song, very similar template in some ways, but this one is like, oh no, you've remembered the song. Totally. That's yeah. the yeah for sure. That's the difference. If you look at the lyrics, I wouldn't say it's necessarily about the end of an unhappy relationship. It's it's the mindset. It's a fucking weird one for a pop song yeah. when you look at it. Because lyrically, it's about a woman who's been dumped and is completely broken up by it. Mm. Like, absolutely devastated by the end of the relationship. But she is begging the ex to get back with her because that's what will make her whole again. Yeah. So it's a totally unhealthy view of, of what can work. Well, I mean, there's, you know, I was reading around a couple of things. And there's, you know, there's a, a bit of a fan theory or that this is about her relationship with... Dave Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah, which was always tumultuous and, you know, at some times, you know, right. a, a relationship and at other times not. Yes. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things have been said about maybe, you know, he was quite controlling uh, and maybe she, do, you know, deferred too much to him. And there's all these kind of different things and you never know. Okay. What, you never know what's true and you never know. It's quite an easy narrative to sell. You never know what's true. You never know what isn't. No, but, no. But, right. the, but that, you know, that, the interesting thing of like, uh, well, you know, maybe maybe it's his decision not to be doing the Eurythmics mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, she kind of needs that for her thing. But then here's this record. You know, I, that, I, 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 for sure. It is it's an interesting spin. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not, not enough of a fan to know how true any of that stuff is. No, for sure. I, I would find it. I would find it very surprising if it were that because of a couple of things. Because of the timeline, in that 
the relationship stuff that happened you know, throughout the 80s and throughout the Eurythmics, she was married to someone for a year from 88 to 89. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming by that point, the Dave Stewart stuff had stopped. Yeah, but you don't always have to write about what's happening right oh, now. Oh, no, but then I, do, I find it strange that she would write this song after having done that and after having done Eurythmics and split the Eurythmics up, putting herself as this madwoman victim mm. in putting herself in that persona. But maybe, I don't know. Who knows? No, because the lyrics are, you know, since you've abandoned me, my whole life has crashed. So she's right rock bottom, and so she's begging this guy to take her back. Um, so take me from the wreckage, save me from the blast, lift me up and take me back. Don't Take me up the arse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's anal Lennox. Yeah. <laughs> anal Lennox. <laughs> Don't let me keep on walking on broken glass. <laughs> it feels like I'm walking on... <laughs> it oh, feels like I'm shitting out broken glass. <laughs> oh, God. Can't believe we did this in the Bruce Springsteen one as well. People are going to think there's issues... <laughs> Oh, fucking such a child. Oh, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> I'd say I'm ashamed of myself. I've never been prouder. Yeah. But... <laughs> uh, the video for this is really good, actually. Uh, check the I video. I can't remember out. it. No, I, I don't remember ever seeing it before. Uh, the video it stars Hugh Laurie and John Malkovich. Oh, I definitely haven't seen it. It's, uh, it's sort of a, it's set in the late 1800s, like a Dangerous Liaison-style thing. Yeah. But everyone's in those dresses. Hugh Laurie is basically dressed as Prince Regent from Blackadder 3. Amazing. He's a Prince Regent. And John Malkovich is this uh, courtier guy. And Annie Lennox is being chatted up by Hugh Laurie. But she has obviously been dumped by John Malkovich and is trying to win him back. But she gets progressively more drunk on the champagne, makes an absolute twat of herself at this party that they're all having. And... Uh, embarrasses herself in front of all the, the court and runs away at the very end only to be swept off her feet by John Malkovich. So this has worked. Well, this mental woman gets her man back. Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, It's a good lesson for, for anyone out there who's looking to get back with their ex. There you go. Be mental. Be mental. And uh, phone up house. Yeah. yeah, get lupus. Yeah, get lupus. Yeah. But it's it's a good uh, it's worth watching that video. It was good fun. I've interest while we we're in the middle of a coronavirus outbreak. If mm. uh, any of our listeners have got coronavirus, please let us know. Sure, because uh, you know we'll we'll publicise your plight and uh, send you some free stickers. Absolutely. I um, there was a guy on the news had it and he basically bought himself. He got a new uh, an Austin Allegro, a Ford Taurus, Rolls Royce. Yeah. Turns out he just had a car owner virus. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I wonder if he if he picked it up originally uh, from one of the Toyotas that he purchased. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd have been the Corolla virus. Nice, nice. right, there good go. stuff. Yeah, jolly good. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, I'm, the thing is, I'm pretty fucking sure there's some of our listeners uh, gave us feedback on. I was still really enjoying the podcast. Aren't as many terrible jokes as before. Yeah, and that's because we'd stopped doing them. Yeah. Like, don't fucking complain. Don't com- don't complain because they will only put them back in. They're coming back in. What was what was the uh, the joke you sent me earlier? Oh, yeah, I saw a woman walk in around the other day. Uh, she was wearing a blue and white scarf, and she looked just like the singer from Miami Sound Machine. Yeah. Turns out it was uh, Gloria Lester fan. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God we're only friends because of some kind of government scheme. <laughs> no one else will have us. It's, uh, oh, fucking hell. 
Okay, can you believe that we get together once a week, say this shit, and people listen oh, to I it? I know, downloaded in fucking Uruguay or something. Oh, mate. <laughs> I wonder what they make of it. Oh, yeah, big out shout to... Uh, we, yeah, we had a lovely email this week from Larry in LA, man. So big shout out to the uh, the LA contingent. Nice. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, I hope you're still enjoying the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, I hope yeah. you get all our references to bands like The Farm and Jesus Jones. Or Jesus Jones, you'll get, I suppose. Well, if you ever find your way into the UK, mate, hit us up for a pint. Absolutely. Wonderful stuff. If you are a, a listener from overseas, get in contact because we are amazed. Literally, we're oh, amazed yeah, at this is listening uh, to this shit. Anyway, guys, let's track on with crack number three. Right. This one's called Precious. Right. And this one, this is a weird one because the album version is a real slow star. It's five yeah. minutes long and it doesn't really kick in for a minute and a half. Yeah. I actually listened to the single version first because I watched the video for it mm-hmm. and it's a very different beast. But it's the album version. And this one was the second single in June 92 and it got to number 23 so yeah. not as big as some of the others but so, so this one seems to me like it's about a child absolutely she had just had a kid in 1990 yeah. had her yeah. fr- she had her eldest daughter okay. in 1990 okay because it was either about a child or a very old relationship well yeah don't want to question these things now it's difficult to criticise someone's very raw emotions for their child. Okay. Right? okay. And, it, you know, it's kind of an arseholey thing to do. Right. However. Oh, yes. The lyrics of this song are so plaintive and so saccharine sweet. Right. And on the fucking nose. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, this is this is almost, oh, what would it be like in a land without a metaphor? Right? <laughs> okay. It... it, it I cannot get it. It just annoyed the fuck out of me. Really? Did you love this? I love this song. Yeah. Oh, I hate Brilliant. this. I, li- I really, really... I, it straight up annoys me. It's way too nice. The vocal's too histrionic. Uh, sure. It's got... It's kind of feels like... Almost feels musically like a little bit of an outtake from that Simply Red album. Really? I think so. It's got that kind of... It's got right. that kind of, kind of little bit of soul funk to it. It's yeah. got that super, super early 90s drum pattern. Right. That, that's kind of through there. Um, you know, maybe maybe I need to listen to the single version. Maybe that's... Well, I'd, I'd say do that because the single version is a bit punchier. The, yeah. I think the, the album version is a bit more flat. Okay. Uh, the single version is a bit punchier. It gets into it for, uh, quicker and I think has a bit more oomph behind it. I, I certainly but think it's too long at five minutes. I, I, you're absolutely right. The, the video version is three minutes 45. And, well, I'll tell, tell you what is at three minutes 14. Oh, the trumpet... Is that a trumpet? Yeah, it's a trumpet, I yeah. that's a saxophone. No, I'm pretty sure it's a trumpet. you sure? Let's have a listen. Yeah, oh, that is a trumpet. Yeah. That is a trumpet. I, I was like, oh, it's a sax. Oh, uh, I, I, must, I must have been tripping. Right. No, you see, I think this is... Oh, I get what you're saying about the lyrics. I absolutely do. Uh, they are very... Oh, it, it's, it's a bit cloying. Cause so it, cloying because yeah it's it's you know I can't believe what my life was with, bef- like before you came and now it's amazing and I will never be the same again and yeah, I will always be you know, standing there by your side all that sort of stuff it is a little bit okay ah, fine it's not a little bit it's a lot oh shit but see to be honest I don't mind it I think it's actually quite nice in that and I think the song is a fucking belter oh, I really I, do I, we are we're in 
Wait, oh, different that's, that's, uh, different uh, time zones on this one, my That's friend. a real shame. Okay, uh, I really, really don't like that at all. I was. Yeah, I, I think I, the voice I, is fucking brilliant. I think I think I think her voice is brilliant throughout, but I was. It was that just that chorus like, is really catchy as well. Play the chorus. Comes into this chorus here. Really catchy, I think. That was nothing for me, man. Wicked, yeah. Yeah, I'm well into this one. No, really do like I, it. I mean, maybe, maybe more listens. Perhaps, and I'll yeah, get there, but perhaps, no, no, immediately I was the key big change mate. as well at three forty-five. I thought, I thought it was rote though. I thought it was just like oh, this is no. so. Wicked. Done. Oh, that, I'm so surprised. I thought you were going to be in on this too. Nah, not on that one, man. Right. You got me on that one. Fair enough. I think the sentiment, like you said, you can't be a dick too much about someone wanting to write a song no. about how amazing th- this life-changing event is. Yeah. Uh, so I'm totally fine with that. I, think, I, th- I forgive her any of the other... Uh, stuff that you're saying that it's too on the nose and too sweet I think it's just nice isn't it a weird thing though right mm-hmm. obviously this isn't for everyone for the vast majority of people it's probably the exact opposite but for me I find it much much easier to deal with music that covers people's most negative emotions okay right like the, all the hatred and the sadness everything uh-huh. that spills out I'm all over that but as soon as someone's too effusive about their happiness I'm yeah. like fucking give it a rest <laughs> no one wants to hear this well, fuck <laughs> off come back come back after you've been in a car crash <laughs> got depression yeah, yeah. You stub your toe sing a song ooh calm down yeah, fuck true. you stub your toe mate true true, true. too far alright but so mm, no alright well, not, you're not for no... me but, but oh, that's a shame I don't yeah. hey, never mind I hate when mummy and daddy fight <laughs> Uh, what, I'll do, what I'm going to do actually is a, there is a, a version I found on like an Annie Lennox Greatest Hits on Spotify. I'm going to stick that into the playlist as well for anyone who is listening. Maybe just go straight for that one rather than the album version. Okay, I'll give that a listen as well. That's my homework. So track number four. Number four, Legend in My Living Room. That's a terrible name for Awful. a song. Just shit. Terrible name for a song. And this is one of the two songs that has a co-writer. Uh, with Annie, didn't it? This is co-written by someone called Peter Jean Vitesse, who also plays keyboards throughout this album. Okay. When I was just 17, See, now, of all of the tracks on this record, mm-hmm. this is the one with the most eurythmics feel, in a way, I think. Oh, you see, I thought um, Walking on Broken Glass was very eurythmic Um But I see what you're saying about this one, too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like it when she sings in this kind of gospel mm-hmm. register. Okay. You know, so for me, it's this kind of quite low key. It's kind of got a bit of slow front. Got some really nice keys on here, which you obviously from your man Vitesse. Sure. And then those kind of big sampled crashes that kind of bring the tune in a kind of accent points on the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, stripped down, darker. I like the feel of this. Okay. A lot. It doesn't really go anywhere. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really go anywhere. So it's an album track for me, but tonally I like it. Fine. Okay. That makes sense. Like the sound of it, but yeah, it's not. I mean, it's, it's not like it's, there's no there's no great hook 
that's going to keep you coming back to it. But no, you know, the closest you're going to get is that "Have Mercy" bit. Yeah. Have mercy. If I had, if, if I had an album, if I had an album of songs that sounded like that, mm-hmm. that were in that, not obviously that sounded like that. Such as that's such a stupid thing to say, but were more of that mood. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I would have on in the background whilst I was doing some work and be quite happy with. Fine, yeah. And I suppose if you think of it, like we said, there are five songs in this album that are singles. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of them. So it's by definition an album track. This is an album track. Yeah. That's totally fine. It is. But it's still, it's kind of one of the the th- songs on here, I think that I gravitate towards the most. Oh, really? Oh, no, I, I think this is nothing special. I wouldn't go back to this. No, I, I mean, I wouldn't be arguing for it for the playlist for okay, example sure. but you know I guess that probably says more what I say I feel about this album than Fine. anything else Fine. Um, lyrically I think it's I suspect this is about her time at the Royal Academy of Music yeah. that she went to she left she brought up in Aberdeen left when she was 17 to go to this thing uh, studied music for three years and apparently really really didn't enjoy it no. did not like it one bit and so the whole stuff the, kind of the thoughts behind this song are that no matter how much she isn't enjoying it, she can see that there is a future and she will be a success. She just needs to put up with the bad shit. She will be a legend in her living room. She had to turn she had to turn the harpsichord into the hapsichord. Nice! Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Um so I, I, I like the fact that she's uh, you know she's singing about you know, young Annie, and now I've got to solo. I'm a massive success, and this is where I am. I, I think it works like that. Yeah, it's I like, think it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing at my shit joke. Jesus Christ. What a cock. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, that's a nice sentiment. I, I, yeah. I, I must admit, I hadn't dug quite as far as that into the lyric. Oh, that's what but I that, get from it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I, I, I like this one. It's, it's incidental, mm-hmm. but I like the tone of it. Uh, absolutely. More, I think this is lo- absolutely fine. Yeah. There are songs I like a lot less on this album. Yeah. There are songs I like more. This sits perfectly fine in the middle. Right. Uh, let's right. Uh, crack on mm. and have a look at the albums. Yes, indeed. Okay. So we're going to be on a limited number, as this is only a week, one week thing. Absolutely, yeah? we are. We've seen, in fact, I think we've seen every single one of the, the top 10 before in a different order. Top 10, Lisa Stansfield's Real Love. Who? Number nine, <laughs> Rose Springsteen's Human Touch. Uh, number eight, beautiful South. Oh wait, nine eight. Shit. Uh, shout out to Cliff. Yes, Cliff, who got in contact to Cliff, say. Yeah, he got in contact to say that he was on exactly the same page as me with the beautiful South, uh, which is uh, the the page that's covered in shit. <laughs> well, yeah, we mentioned that in uh, last week's Def Leppard episode. Number seven is this Joseph Locke, who we neither of us have ever heard of. Forgotten. Uh, number six, Simply Red Stars. Ginger. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Tears for Fears. Best of. Number four, Def Leppard's Adrenalize. Three, uh, oh. Dismembered. Uh, fine. The Amputee. Number three, uh, Madness, Divine Madness. Sucks. Number two is Right Said Fred's Up. Bold. Okay, so there's your top ten. Absolutely nothing new at all. And there's not much of note to, to talk about in the other stuff. So again, it's the week of April 12th to 18th of 1992. The only ones I can see are Gun, released Gallus. which got to number 14. What what was on that? Fuck knows. In nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. That was that. Would that have been no the one idea. with the word up cover on it? No, no. That was more in the new metal area, wasn't it? Gallus. What's on this? Steal your fire. Money to burn. Long road. Higher ground. 
freedom, won't back down, reach out for love, watching the world go by. So nothing we've ever heard of. No, I, I feel like one of the, I have heard one of those songs, but no idea. Oh. Got to number fourteen, so they must have had a fan base. Oh, yeah, I mean people. I mean the, the people, Scotch. Yeah, people would just fucking listen to any old shit back in those days. Well, Def Leppard got to number one. Well, that is very true. Um, Singles Higher Ground Steal Your Fire and Welcome to the Real World reached 48, 24 and 43 respectively in the British charts. Well, gosh, what a success. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, Godflesh released Pure in this time period. Never really cared for Godflesh, but I appreciate they did what they did quite well. The Lightning Seeds released Sense, which only got to number 53, it turns out. I thought it got higher than that. I suspect on a re-release it probably got higher. Oh, I'd imagine it did. I'm sure they had a hit single and then re-released this album. And it probably got to quite high up. Uh, but the only other one that I can see, and it got to number 52, is Obituary with The End Complete. Nice. Yeah. Oh, a bit of death metal come through. Death metal and lightning seeds. Yeah. Same. Bit of one, bit of the other. Yeah. Same same thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's all I've got, though, for this week. It's, it's a poor showing. Oh, that is a poor showing. Mm. That is poor, poor, poor. Yeah. I suppose we've been spoiled in some of these lists because we've had six weeks to talk about yes, it. Yes, we we've had a We've had, a, uh, we've had a, uh, an embarrassment of riches. We have. And, well, you know, actually, even if we go back to last week, there was some really good stuff, but they, we used it all up last week. So I guess back into Addy Lennox. Okay, let's uh, delve deep back into Annie Lennox. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I, I don't think she'd like you saying no, that. No, I want to. I want to. I want to be a diver. Oh, diver from, yeah, from, from, from the from the the album Diver. Yes, absolutely. Annie, Annie Lennox Diver. Sure. Hey, listen to the lyrics of Annie Lennox Diver. Number five is where we're at, uh, which is called Cold. Yeah, this was a single, wasn't it? It was the fourth single, and only reached number twenty-six. So we're here again with another kind of held keys. Yeah, it's very sparse. Yep. Kind of almost, kind of almost a little bit jazzy at the start, almost sure. vocal jazz, but then it kind of turns into a more gospely Definitely feel more as it goes. Yeah. The church organ comes in at some point underneath it. And yeah. again, there's some very impressive singing. She, her voice yes. is terrific on this. Yeah. Lyrically, obviously, it's a lo- an ode to a lover. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite overwritten. Again, mm-hmm. su- super on the nose. Right, okay. Lacking in nuance. Uh-huh. Um, this, this, there is not... Look, obviously, there is... Annie has got a great bitch. Annie can sing a bit, mate. Like, yeah, she that. can. But once you get past that kind of statement, there is just not enough of a song here for me. No, I've got this down as M O R mush. Yeah. Is. and that's and that's literally what this is. It's yeah, yeah it's uh, that's a, that's a really good description actually. It's yeah, there's not there's no bite to it. No, it's none. Not satisfying. It is. It's just bleh. Yeah, yeah, and. There's even like 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 I say it does have the church organ coming in. It sounds a little bit gospel towards the middle of it. It's still dull, dull, dull when it should be doing something else for me, and it's not. It's the KFC famous bowls of songs. It's got ele- mm. elements that we would ordinarily enjoy, but you've put it together in an unsatisfying, <laughs> as, as Patton Oswalt once described it, sadness pile. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is to be honest. This is exactly. The sort of song that I was afraid there was going to be lots of on this album. Yeah, you know, going into this, not knowing what I was really getting myself into, I was thinking, I bet you it's a load of fucking dull ballads. Yeah, 
and this and, is and, one of them. And, and you know what? This is this is the, this will annoy you, mm. but I think of this one and Precious as very much being oh, from exa- so wrong. I, I think of them as being cut from exactly the same cloth. That's mental. Uh, it's not. That is crazy. Well, okay. okay. No, I think this is uh, nothing going on that I want to hear. It's not no fun whatsoever. But even if it was supposed to be a nice, sad song or, you know, serious and make me think, don't do any of that. Yeah, move on. Yeah. Careful. yeah well, I do have a one fact about it. Oh, okay. Here's a, here's a pop fact. Factoid. Facts. Um, fact, 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 fact. fact. <laughs> it was released across three CD singles, which were called Cold, Colder and Coldest, with various uh, sort of acoustic versions of other songs on the B-side. Mm-hmm. And it was the first single to chart in the UK Top 40 without being released on vinyl, only on CD. So this song is a, a monstrosity in more than one way. Absolutely, yeah. It, yeah. i tell you what I wonder, right? I, yeah. wonder, I wonder when the last time in the world uh-huh. someone put in CD3 of the CD single. <laughs> I wonder when, when, when that, that was. was. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. That would be someone at BMG testing it works. That's yeah. it. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, undoubtedly they sold loads of them. I mean, I used to buy so many two CD single sets. Yeah, sure. God, oh, CD singles. I know. What a waste of what time. What the fuck? Well, not as bad as cassette singles. They're the worst. Oh, they are the worst. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's bland cack. This is, I feel. I've written boring. Yeah. Except if I haven't, I've realised, because I've written it wrong. I've written, it's boing. Boing. It's boing. 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 <laughs> boing. You've been fired, Flav. Go yeah. home. <laughs> Track number six, Money Can't Buy It. Jesus Christ. It's the Millie Vanilli breakbeat. Nice. This is such an 80s Casio beat, isn't it? Yeah, we've got breakbeat. We've got little bass drops on the breakbeat. Uh, and I want to kiss you in Paris. Make oh, love and right, sure. This is justifying my love light. Someone, light, yes. yeah, someone has heard justifying my love and gone, okay. Well, you know, why, why don't we do this? Mm. And uh, you know, you got these, you got more of these little kind of held chords, these little twinkly keyboard parts, right? And then once the beat kicks in, we've got a little bit of a funky house vibe almost. Okay, but the thing is, that the beat doesn't kick in until two minutes forty-five. No, as well. no, no. no. And this is a five-minute song, but I'm so far past caring by that point. Yeah, this song, for the most part, yeah. is not for me at all. Oh, okay. You're telling me that there is a part. I, I look. I, no, I'm I'm trying to be as even as hands as I can. Vocally, right, it's sure. nice as always. All right. right. Lyrically, you know, you kind of got this, and it's a fairly rote anti-commercialism. It, it is very so, standard. It's very, very, very easy to say that money won't buy you things when you've got yeah, the fucking, fucking lot filthy of it. rich. Right? Exactly, so that yeah. is very, very true. And the thing that we obviously both need to comment on here is the fact that at some point in this song, Annie raps. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Yeah. And now, <laughs> Annie raps. it is not That's her MC name, an it? abject failure, right? It is not the most risible rap you have ever heard because she keeps it relatively low-key. She doesn't do any kind... It's only does, four bars she does, Yeah, yeah. She yeah. doesn't do a lot of kind of... She, well, she's certainly not trying to sound like she's an American and all of this kind of okay, thing. Okay, sure, yep. I have heard far, far more objectionable attempts at rap, but I still wanted it to stop whilst it was happening. I it was, was, like, it was oh, definitely no, no, a bit no, no. of a shock when it came in. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't care for this, right? You know, there are... Should we, should we play a bit for the listeners? Yeah, let's, let's do Let's play that. a bit of the rap so it comes in. Now, 
and then back into singing. Yeah. Okay, yep. There it is. So look, right. Little break. What I will say about this song uh-huh. is it does feel like they're trying for something and not quite getting there, right? Okay. As yeah. opposed to not trying. Oh, I see which, what you mean. Which right, is which... always a bigger crime in my opinion. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen, as with quite a few of the songs on this record, I think there's some ideas and I would have liked to have heard what a different producer did with it. Right. You know, like, sure. for example, you know, like, you know, some of these songs, it's like, ah, you know, maybe if you'd have worked with Prince. I know Prince is always a, is a, a early point of reference for me. Okay. But, you know, if you'd have worked with some of the kind of the producers of the day, hmm. would, you know, would, and have had an understanding of these types of music more, would these be would, better songs? I see. Okay. Would you, you know, have gone a little bit of a different direction with some of them? Mott Lang, for example. Exactly. Imagine. Exactly. These are like, I feel like these are like, you know, the first solo songs out of the, you know, from the shadow of Dave Stewart. Sure. You know, perhaps, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, perhaps it's a tad almost directionless because she's just got so much built up yeah, and not a focus. I, I, that, and that's it. I feels, you know, it, it feels like obviously it's a or a record that's been written with a great degree of autonomy. Mm-hmm. But maybe what it needed was a little bit more in the terms of kind of, no, you need to do this, you need to do this. Right. Because I think that, you know, yeah, I think maybe. there are songs on here that are okay that could be amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I you know, I think with different production, "Walking on Broken Glass" could be a classic song, okay, as opposed to a decent a very pop good, song, right? Okay, you know, well, so, maybe. And I, I think you know this this song maybe so some of those ideas, some of the things that she's bringing through, could have you know could have been you know it could have been a really interesting kind of diversion as opposed to this, which is just like a little bit, you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out. It, mm. doesn't, it doesn't really commit properly. It's middle of the road. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, just out of interest, the producer is a guy called Stephen Lipson, who she first worked with on this and continued working with on all of her stuff until about 2007. Mm-hmm. And then she started working with some other people. Uh, his background, he's done a lot of soundtrack stuff. Yeah. Um, he's worked with Hans Zimmer on quite a few of his soundtracks, production-wise. He's got the keys to his bimmer. Yes. Uh, he's also worked with Zuccaro and yep. S Club 7. Together? He's, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, just a couple I've picked out of his, it's quite a long list yeah, yeah, of, of you know, okay, fine, fine. But, you know, that's his background. So he's done a lot of shit, but... He's not in any way, shape, or form someone that you've ever heard of, and someone who's therefore a visionary and people are dying to work with. He's what Jer- I, journeyman, journeyman exactly yeah. journeyman producer who will get you through your album, but that seems to be as much as he's. And also, I think he provided a lot of the session musicians. They worked with him on a lot of other things, but they are very background as well. There's no one uh, really making much of a dint on any of these songs. You go, fucking hell, that drummer's incredible. Oh, shit, that's, you know, such and such. Exactly. It's just, oh, this is fine. There's no, um, I wish a fucking man called the Oh, there's no Pino Palladino. Yeah, there's no, there's no Pedo Palladino. (laughs) No, I'll tell you who is on bass, though, actually. The one that is on bass is, uh, we've seen him before on the, on the Seal album, the last time we saw him, is Doug Wimbish of Living Colour. Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah. he's, he's doing bass. And and also because he was in the band Tackhead after that, and it's got the drummer from Tackhead on drums. Mm. So you know it's it's not exactly Jeff Percaro, but okay, whatever. But in terms of the keyboards and stuff, which is almost your primary instrument, a lot of this, it's you know whoever yeah. it's this Jean or Peter Jean, whoever Vitesse. Vitesse couldn't give a shit. Couldn't give a shit. Right. Uh, okay. So that's track six. Yes. Right. Track number seven is called Little Bird. 
This was the fifth single, but it was released as a double A side with uh, the love song for a vampire thing she did for Bram Stoker's Dracula film. And so this was uh, in February '93. Got to number three, so quite a big hit. So this one's got kind of a like, kind of housey kind of techno-y beat. Okay, I mean I think this one's a bit Eurythmics. Oh, I do as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also because we was talking about the Madonna influence a lot. Oh, so this almost this is, this is pre uh, Frozen, but this almost has a little bit like oh, okay. like William Orbit era Madonna. See what you're saying on that? Sure, sure. I have a note. I don't know why it popped in my head, but it sounds to me like it could be an Erasure backing track. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I got you. I got you. Now. I used to hate the song at the time. So it was just oh, a big you? single. Right? Yeah, it was another big. And one. now I've listened to it back. I, I can't remember why I didn't like this because I think yeah. I think this is one of the best vocals on the album. It's terrific. Imagine, I like yeah. that bass, that burn, burn, that bass yeah. coming in is really good. And I, I, yeah, I, I think this is. I think this is a very, very good pop song. This is terrific. Yeah, yeah the only criticism I've got with it is throughout, throughout, it, you could almost, you, you could almost hear yourself wanting to start singing the chorus to Broken Glass. Oh, I see. It's like building up yeah, towards the same it's, yeah, place. It's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit similar, I okay. guess. If if if, uh, if you can have any criticism, but you know, okay, a little bit long. And towards the fade out, there is some of that uh, famous uh, Roach and Synth bass that we both love so much. Oh, of course we do, mate. The Alan Partridge bass. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's under five minutes, so it's not the worst offender on here by a long shot. I know what you mean, no, but I do think this is really good fun. Um, it's very very catchy. Um, and when it goes into the chorus and the uh, even when just because it, it's build up from the start, it just starts with the synth and goes into the little keyboard bit. Um, then the, it's the offbeat drums come in, and then it, when it properly kicks in for the chorus, that's a big release. I, yeah. feel. I really enjoy that. The, yeah, here, we, here we go, we're going for it, and the, the woo woo that bit at the end, of the chorus, all works for me. Uh, it is definitely it's one of my favourites on here. Yeah, and my, it's just a really good well. tune. Yeah, one of my favourites as well. Good, yeah. I would solid pop song. Say the video for this is great as well. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, this is well worth a watch. Uh, it is essentially Annie Lennox. Uh, she's come out in this, you know, like the uh, the film cabaret, the the ringmaster. Yeah. Uh, woman in that, she comes out dressed like that, and she's on this little theatre stage, and one by one, loads of older versions of Annie Lennox come out, but they're all like lookalikes and people who yeah. are made up to look like. You know, the Annie Lennox of the Sweet Dreams video, mm-hmm. the Annie Lennox of, the, even from the Walking on Broken Glass video in, in all the ni- or the 1880s stuff. And uh, well, apparently she did the Freddie Mercury tribute concert right. uh, in a very kind of stylized outfit and yep. makeup. Someone comes on to that and they're all fighting for position and she's having to make her way through and try and make sense of the whole thing. But they're all her backing singers as well. Right. It's really well done. It's a bit like the end of Iron Man 3 when all of his suits come out. There you go. It's exactly like that. Excellent. Yes. I like the fact that you can get that analogy in. That's what of works. Of course I can. That though. works. Of course I can. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So, okay. Well, so- I, I would say that this, right, because you were talking about was one of the other songs about the breakup with Dave Stewart yeah. uh, or Eurythmics. Possibly. I think that there's a definite possibility that this is about her breaking away from Eurythmics because the lyrics are stuff like, um, they always said that you knew best, but this little bird's fallen out of that nest now. I've got a feeling it might have been blessed, so I've got to put these wings to test. So it's like, okay, she has been forced out of yeah. her comfort zone where she was... Uh, really big and in charge of everything mm-hmm. she's now feeling very vulnerable and scared but maybe it's a good thing and she's got to try and make the best of that nice yeah I think, yeah. I, I, I think this is probably along those lines uh, an allegory for going solo after having a career that she could have just lived off yes. she's this totally step in the unknown this little bird trying to fly 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's cool. I really do enjoy this. Yep, I enjoy this one as well. Hmm. Right, so that is... Uh, oh, number seven. So we've got what, three tracks left. Okay, well, let's go and have a, a, a pop at the singles. Yeah, might point. as well. Cool. Radio, so this week in the singles, top ten, there's only a few changes to talk about. But the first one, number ten, is a new one. And I remember this coming out and being pretty nonplussed with it at the time. And it is, it's the sound of a band putting like an element of some weird kind of dance stuff into a band that isn't a dance band. So anyway, ramble, ramble. You still want me to come with you? Like this hip-hop beat, which of this sort of stuff yep. going on. It sounds like fucking Dire Straits or ZZ Top. That's because it is ZZ Top. What song is this? It's a Viva Las Vegas. Oh, God, Cov- yeah. Cover of their of Elvis. Yeah. But it's just such a strange sound for yeah, them. Yeah, it sounds rubbish. Oh, I... You know, I didn't even know the Elvis song at the time, but I remember going that didn't particularly enjoy this. It's the one, Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Elvis yeah. song. I just don't, I don't right. know if I've ever heard that ZZ Top version. Oh, well, there you go. It was, it was big enough. That was obviously top 10. It hung around for a while. I do remember it from then. Uh, number nine, and I, for some reason, I have a feeling we, we listened to this recently. I've got a big soft spot for this. It's a ridiculous song. And it's it's one of those cheesy shit songs that I just end up really liking. When it gets to the chorus, you'll get it. I, mean, I could also give you a big clue by telling you that it's not Michael Bolton. It's Curtis Tigers. It's Curtis Tigers. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're all that matters to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I enjoy this when it gets into that big, uh, silly sing-along chorus. Yeah, no, it, was another, it was another Curtis Tigers song we listened to. The was other it? Day, I'm sure I don't it was. even know why it was, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's number nine. Uh, number eight is CeCe Peniston, finally. Number seven, this was a new entry. Nice. Yeah. Bit of SL2 on a ragga tip. I love this tune. Great tune. Yeah, I bought this when it came out. Uh, It's one of those ones that has had various leases of life as well. It was released again in 97. Yeah. uh, People like it then. I'm pretty sure if you play this now to a bunch of 17 year olds, they're like, oh, it's a fucking classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somehow it's just stayed all the way through. Yeah, big tune, that one. Uh, the rest of them, though, number six, Alternate Evaporate, which we saw. Mm-hmm. Number five, Soul to Soul Joy, which I still don't remember, despite it being in the top ten for four or five weeks now. Uh, number four, Mr. Big to be with you. Number three, Vanessa Williams, Save the Best Till Last. Number two is Shakespeare's Sister Stay, nice. Down From One, for the first time, because number one this week is Right Said Fred's Deeply Dippy. How is that a number it's one song? Fucking, it's all going wrong that Right Said Fred are... This popular. Oh uh, yeah, I mean we're gonna have to listen to this album next week, aren't we? We are. This, this is next number one week. next week. Right, said Fred. Yeah, a whole fucking album. Oh my god, That's, something's happened. That's, 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 this is punishment for something. Uh, so there's your top ten. 
the, uh, the only other ones I've got this week that came out elsewhere. Uh, number 27. Again, we've talked about this quite a, a lot. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, even flow. It's the first time not charged. So number 27 on that one. Uh, number 35, not on Spotify, but Catherine Wheels, I Want to Touch You. Uh, which I think is a good song. I've got the 12 of that. I really enjoy that. And number 69 is... 69, 69. dude. And again, I won't expect you to to know this. Uh, I probably wouldn't have got it if you played it to me, to be honest. I've got the 7-inch. Is The Breeders with Safari. Okay. So, as far as I remember, it was the first thing they released after Pod, mm-hmm. but before Last Safari, yeah. which was uh, Roma Cannonball, etc. Yeah. Or, the, the last, last the Splash. Last Splash, last splash which had Cannonball, etc. Uh, it was a really good, it's a Safari EP came out this week. But that's all I've got for singles. So, not Shit much to talk about. Which does mean we need to get back into the back end of Annie Lennox, so to speak. The last tracks. Okay, alright, well let's do it then. <laughs> Track number eight is called Primitive. Mm-hmm. Bongo drums. Feels a little bit cinematic. All right. And it's got something that I would describe. As a bit of an Eastern feel. As a bit of an Eastern <laughs> feel. <laughs> as soon as it came in, I went, Dave's going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> my, my notes on this song are very minimal. This is, this is one of my least notes on. I've, I've just put, there is nothing to this it's song. It's as dull as fuck. I've got a little bit of Eastern Fields thing comes in the second verse, but it's dreadful. I think shit lyrics, yeah. no tune, yeah. nothing. Any of the lyrics you want to comment on? Not, not one. Oh, oh, bollocks. I've written in my notes here, Krista will say something about salt stains. <laughs> I, was, I, was sure you were gonna, I was sure you were going to go oh, there. I see. That was going to be my big, that wow. was going to be my big, look what I've got, you I fuck. I didn't, you didn't even it. have that. No. Uh, so, a, a, a song so boring you couldn't be bothered with the jizz joke. Apparently so. Wow. It, that takes a lot as well. It really does. A lot of jizz. <laughs> a lot of jizz. Oh, Johnny no. hates what? Yeah. <laughs> ah, I've got fuck all of that. Absolutely no, nothing. nothing. I, I, in, you know, fair enough, this is a 10-track album, so it's not a long album. 50 minutes. But I still think this should be taken off. Yes, I do as well. Yeah, I think it's that. not even fifty minutes. Actually, said the eleven track version. But true, yeah. Which we haven't. We're not reviewing the bonus, the CD only bonus track yeah, here. Exactly. Shit cover. No. Um, anyway, all right. Well, let's move on. Then track number nine is called "Stay by Me." Right. Uh, hang on. So I'll, I'll talk you through my notes on here. Oh, good. All in capital letters. Jazz. Jazz. All right. caps. Right. Right. Breakbeat. Breakbeat. Danger. <laughs> then I've written. Uh huh. I've written panpipes. Abort! 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 <laughs> it's a solid no from me at six minutes thirty of oh, this bullshit. Is ridiculous. The thing is, I don't even think. Well, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know if it's panpipes. I think it might just be a recorder. I think it might just be like a kid on a recorder. That sounds like a panpipe to me. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, and basically, the question is: Are there any guinea pigs near us? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> But again, the only redeeming points on this song mm. are vocal flourishes. Right? Okay, sure. Okay. But it is so dated, this song. This this song in particular, all of the production, everything, it nails it to the year 1992. Yeah. It, you know, like, it is so dated, I keep expecting to hear, like, Tony Robinson explaining the song to the rest <laughs> of the Twine team, you know? <laughs> Yeah, this is proper coffee table wank. This is yeah. This is in the but you know what, right? In the same way that some of these same things were charming in bits of that Sinead O'Connor record we listened to, 
it's not charming here. There's not mm. the naivety around it. It's it, this but, is a big, big recording artist with a lot of resources available to them, mm-hmm. and this should be better. Yeah, well. I would say, again, scrap this. I think there's no good idea that you could imp- uh, improve upon No, don't, don't put a panpipe in it, you fuck. No. You and weirdo. You're saying about it dates it completely, and it absolutely does. The f- first thing I I picked up on this, the first thing I, I heard, was that it's using the exact same break from Primal Screams Loaded. Oh, yeah, right? okay, Which yeah. is out from 1990. <laughs> exactly. And so if you're doing that, which was you know a huge, massive song, but a good, fun song, yeah. this takes any of the life away from that oh this uh, is dead as isn't it Doris isn't it and so it's the same drum loop as that which I then actually had a wee look at and it turns out I didn't realise this that the drum break from Loaded mm-hmm. is taken from a remix of Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians What I Am yeah. it's a remix that came out in 1989 okay fine but that remix took its drum break from Soul to Soul's Keep On Moving okay. and then added a couple of little bits on top of right. that to make that one. So uh, there's your your family tree of this break. Lots of interesting things there. This is dishwater shit. And then uh, there is also, like, later on, there's... Uh, a, imagine finding a shit in your dishwater. <laughs> oh, as if you don't. You've got three cats and two dogs. Of course you do. Probably. I don't shit in water. Uh, um, but then later on as well, there's a drum sample from Funkadelic, which is a big classic sample yeah. used in a lot of Massive Attack, using loads of hip-hop. But again, in this scenario... Sounds like oh well I don't care. It's like it's, like, it's like throwing a turd against a wall. It is. Yeah. No. There's his. You said as well, well. Fucking six minutes. Six plus minutes. Six thirty. Six twenty eight. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's insane. This is absolute dog shit. Yeah. And another one that I thought I bet you there's loads of stuff like this on here. Yeah. Before I went into it, if I had to guess why I wasn't going to like this album, I would have said probably because there's going to be a load of shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I did not like this at all. No. And the lyrics, right? One I picked out. What's she talking about? Through the winter, or though the winter snow has melted down into a pool of silver water, we were standing in a thundercloud dark as your hair. You're trying for poetry and you're coming up with nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to be some a little bit. Uh, oh, that's quite cool. Like, are, you, are you? Are you? Are you in your cups, we Annie? Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I, she's, I just she's put, gone to Aberdeen. She's got shit face. She's written on the back of a packet of fucking yeah. embassy number tens. <laughs> <laughs> I've written, have a word with yourself, Annie. Yeah, rubbish. Move on. Okay, move on, last move one. On, no. on. Number 10. Number 10, The Gift. This is the other song that isn't written just by her. Right. This is co-written with the Blue Nile. Another the Scottish yeah. band, obviously, Blue Nile. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant it was like a man called Nile. <laughs> yeah. Sad. The Smurf. Our listener, Nile. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, I blew myself. <laughs> So look, this is another sparse, slow one. Yeah. Okay. Now, you kind of got minor keys here and the melancholic mm-hmm. vocal, and you know, it, it works better for me. Does it? Than, okay. Than some of it. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's this one's nice enough, but it's still filler. Yeah. And by this point, I'm. Oh, a pass carry. Yeah, for sure. If this had been earlier on in the album, I I would have been more prepared to give it a little bit of a, okay. of a break. Okay. But it's, you know, I mean, this this album, nothing after track seven on this record should exist. No, you're absolutely right. I think this is a terrible way to end the album. This The last three tracks yeah. have been, for well, for me, equally as shit as each other. Mm-hmm. You, you're obviously, you're saying that maybe this last one is a bit better. I don't get anything from it at all. And I think the, that if you're going to 
let the listener down in such a massive way by putting, oh, here's three rubbish ones at the end. Mm-hmm. That's an insult. Yeah. I, I mean, look, so let, let's do the overall of this. Okay? Sure, okay, overall, yeah. So overall, for me, too many tracks that just don't go anywhere. Fine. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's difficult to listen to things uh, that are quite of their moment mm-hmm. with you know, with the context of everything that's come past it. Okay? Right, okay. So maybe this sounded more radical at the time. Maybe this was more of a departure of a record at the time. Mm-hmm. But that's certainly not my memory of it. I remember this feeling like a boring record at the time. Yeah, I, well, I'm sure it must have been because otherwise it wouldn't have been bought by loads of mums and dads. Well, that's it. And, you know, to me, it's just a very hackneyed sounding record. Right. It's, uh, you know, there, 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 are, there are a couple of moments on there where... Yeah, a couple of really decent singles. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like talking about Broken Glass and Little Bird. Yep. Okay. And then a couple of bits where it's like, oh, I see what you tried for, but you didn't get there. And then a load of stuff that's just like, I'm not really sure what this is no. or who it's for or no, what it is. Um, so for me, this is, this, I mean, I went into this one with a fairly low expectation. Sure. And I would say I was still disappointed. Oh really? Okay. I think this yeah, is. It was even. I, yeah. Not, I, I mean, yeah. I, again, we are not talking about an album that is in, in the pantheon of the worst things we've listened to. No, right? for sure. We're absolutely for not sure. in that. But Tune it is. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. But this is not a good record at all. It's dull. No. I, I never want to hear it again. No, not at all. I I went into it with a very low expectation, and it was pretty much exactly what I thought it was yeah. going to be. I must admit. I think there are five, you know, a 10 track album. I think there are five songs on here that are bad songs. Yes, I And agree. that's a terrible ratio. Awesome. And even though I did like even, you know, three of them. Yeah. They didn't, you can't raise, that can't, that can't be a justification. I mean, I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that you enjoyed the Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion albums more than this. I did. And, and there you go. Jesus Christ, that's should never be something to admit. But yes. Yes, yeah, so you're right. Fucking up, mate. I enjoyed Adrenalize more than this. Oh, I did as well. No, no. So look, I, I, dis- I was disappointed, but I was prepared to be disappointed. Yeah, I, I was. I had some. I was thinking, ah, oh, maybe there's going to be some some gold in them yeah. Dark hills. Yeah, sure. Uh, but they weren't. So look, um, yeah. now obviously, uh, we always, if you're a new listener, we always have to pick at least one up to three songs from this album to go on our uh, Spotify playlist at best of the 90s. Mm-hmm. The, the somewhat misleadingly labelled the best of the 90s. Yeah, quite. The best of the albums that we've had to talk yeah. about. We, we must have renamed that somehow. Because if people think that that's what we think is the oh, best true. of the 90s. <laughs> yeah. A lot of followers, actually. It's about 26 followers now. What? I know. Jesus, all right. I know that's not a lot of followers, but... No, but like for, for us it is, yeah. Bloody anyway, hell. right, um, so what was I going to say? Uh, now, here's the thing. Go. You can make a case for Walking on Broken Glass and Little Bird. Yep. Right? However, right, I'm going to say this. Okay. Putting two songs from this album on, hmm. I think almost gives this so- this album too much cream. That's, that's oh, a, I see. That's a fifth of the album... And a hundred percent of what's good about it, <laughs> right? Well, sure. I know you disagree. Uh, yeah, I do disagree. I think that we've done it before. We've put you know the one good track off an album yeah. on before. Well, we have to put one on. Well, indeed. I know what you're saying, but I'm not going to argue that we need to put two on because I don't think we do. I'm but, fine just putting one. But on. we, which one would? I mean, are those two? I that... mean, I mean, I could put. I could quite happily put Little Bird and Warhol Broken Glass on there. There's also part of me that thinks because we clashed so badly about Precious, we almost sort of put it on and let people decide for themselves. Oh, I see. But well, people can just listen to the the, the show playlist that we put out. Well, that it's is on true. there. Um, I mean, of those two, I would go Little Bird. 
over broken glass? Yeah, I mean, it's... T- Would you be the other way around? I don't know. Uh, if you're the other way around, we'll put both on. Oh, let's put them both on. Fuck it. Let's put them both on. Let's okay. let's say it with a we'll say it with a caveat that we don't think this is a necessarily a two track album. But those are two, those. I think it's a three track album. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> you, you'd put you'd put three you'd put three tracks on well, the no, playlist. No, I would put Precious on first. But Precious is my favourite song on this album. Oh, wow, you're it's really good. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I see. I put that in those five songs. Fair there. enough. Anyway, right. So okay, so we'll go with we'll go with those two. Walking on Broken Glass and Little Bird. We'll go with those right, two. Cool. Not that we necessarily think that this is an album that deserves two songs. But, they're but two, those are two good but songs. two good songs. That's absolutely fine. Right, cool. Um, anyway, so ne- next week we are back with... Uh, I, I, didn't, I mean, come and listen to us. I mean, look, I, I don't want to prejudge it. I've never heard it. Maybe. No, me neither. I've heard three of the songs. We're talking about Right Said Fred's Up, by yes. the way. That is the number one album. So we've heard week. I'm Too Sexy. Yeah, and Deeply Dippy. And Deeply Dippy. And what, there was another one. Um, um, don't Talk, Just Kiss. That's it. Don't talk, just kiss. Right. Okay, Let so Let your tongue move around. My fist. So we're going to be listening to that next week. Yeah, we're going to be listening to it by choice. I know. No one's made us. We've done it. This is These are decisions we've Crazy made. Times. We've made. And, and if you're a subscriber to this podcast, then you're going to listen to two men talk <laughs> about it. And maybe it's time to maybe it's time to get a hobby. Yeah. Anyway, so, I say, I say two, two men, two men and a dog. Of course. As always, Waffles is safe. Cool. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us through this uh, wander through Annie Lennox's diver. Um, <laughs> a woolly diver. Uh, we will be back next week with some... Uh, it'll be two bald men discussing three bald men. Yeah. Uh, we'll both be being too sexy for our shirts, and as such, we'll be recording it topless. <laughs> God damn, there's a fucking image. Yeah, mate, you don't want to cool. see that fucking image. Anyway, yeah. guys, thank you for joining us. As always, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.